my feed. Oh, my feed, people. <laughs> it's awful. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of the Value for Value show. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals podcast and Mere Mortals in general. And this is one of the branches of that kind of brand. So today's episode, I just want to get into what is a podcast? Now, look, there's many variations that you can do of this. You can go on the technical definition route, which I will touch upon. But I really wanted to start off with something that was uh, I found quite intriguing, which was that there's, I guess, two versions of, of words. There is the technical meaning and then there's the, the meaning that is kind of currently understood by the vast bulk of people and it's how it's used. And you can see words change over time. And so what is a podcast? Well, I'll, I'll start off with the, the more kind of wishy-washy uh, definition which is, uh, and I'll do this through a story. So recently it was the 20th, 20th anniversary of the very first podcast. And so uh, this occurred in 2003, around July 9th. And this was Christopher Lydon and Dave Weiner. These were the people who uh, were, uh, well, Dave Weiner wrote RSS. So <laughs> the whole system that podcasting is based upon, it was the the guy who was doing that. And uh, what Adam Curry talked about recently, and he was the one who suggested that you put an audio file into an RSS feed, and we'll get to that in the technical definition. Um, he was talking about the spirit of it at the beginning. Why did this happen? Why was this created? And he was saying, you know, it was wild. It was exciting. It was mind-blowing. There wasn't a hint of money as motivation to be seen. Uh, Christopher Lydon, who was the one who recorded this this first podcast with um, with Dave Weiner, he was saying, you know, it was uh, there was a tingle of experimental adventure. Uh, I, I wanted to talk about, you know, the Iraq War was already a moment, um, completely unexamined and debated. He wanted to talk about that, and he found a way that he could do this through this mechanism of podcasting, which you weren't going to find on the you know tv or radio stations or, or things like this so we can definitely see that the the idea at the start of it was this kind of open nature it was to be able to get your thoughts out to express yourself to make it accessible to all and just to kind of put something out there and i'm reading this book at the moment called amusing ourselves to death public discourse in the age of show business by neil postman and it's a really intriguing book because it's talking about how Basically, TV, in in his opinion, is a kind of a it's a a low quality medium for for discourse. It's it actually makes things worse. And he has all sorts of definitions for this and reasons for this. Uh, talking about the visual nature, about how we're moving away from a text based culture, and I think this probably is an episode that I'll do full on itself about the medium and how this can alter the message and uh, restrict or open up certain things. But I think in this case, we can definitely see that podcasting was actually opening up. It was creating a new mechanism, a new way for for people to be able to get into uh, a, a different, yeah, I'd, I'd essentially say a different method of, of communication. So we see podcasting starts off and it's like, wow, this is amazing. This is you know, really super cool. It's a way for people to express themselves, which wasn't able to be done before through any of the other mediums. So super, super cool. 
Now, let's talk about maybe some of the technical definitions and why there's some current trends which have been moving us uh, away from this and, uh, and why we might want to examine this and see if we can kind of keep it open. So uh, I'm going over to Pod News here, who, and this is by James Cridland, and uh, who I was quoting just from his uh, special happy 20th anniversary to podcast before. And so the technical answer is it's an audio file in an MP3 or AAC format without digital rights management, i.e. you don't have a claim to the uh, the digital, I, I guess, like um, the copyright of it. It's if people, if it goes out to everyone and, and people can ingest it. It's available to download and it's distributed via an RSS feed using an enclosure tag. Uh, you can have video podcasts, but they're called video podcasts. So this would be, if you have an MP4 you, with all of these same attributes. So that's the technical definition. And this is relatively and largely changed over time, over the, the last 20 years. Uh, what people think podcasts are, uh, the most used platforms in the US are Spotify at 24%, Apple Podcasts 21%, and YouTube at 18%. And this was from the Edison Research Podcast Consumer Tracker from Q2 21. Now, what's really interesting about this is first the, the three type of uh, the companies there. And these were the, the three companies which are actually, I think, trying to move it away or from, from this openness and accessible to all. And I want to view this through the lens of the four properties that I talked about in a recent episode, this being the uh, value transfer at the very end where this is also having the, um, oh geez, let me, let me bring them up just so I uh, don't say them. Uh, so there's the decentralized, there is the self-sovereignty, permissionless and value transfer. There we go. Um, so I want to, kind of discuss maybe how these these four properties, which I was discussing with relation to Bitcoin and with to the value for value model and to podcasting, how these are kind of being distorted in these, these recent trends, which we've been seeing happening over the past three to four years in particular. So let's start with the uh, decentralized one. And so this is where we can see, okay, it, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't as decentralized as we thought it was. Although people were still putting out RSS feeds, although there were many hosts who were uh, hosting all of these different feeds, there was a problem with the directory. And this was that Apple was the main directory. And this is where individual podcasting apps, so even though there was you know, lots of options to be able to host your feed, lots of, lots of options to be able to listen to that feed via all of these different podcasting apps, you can kind of imagine it as an hourglass where, you know, lots of space at the top, lots of space at the bottom, and then there's this kind of bottleneck in the middle. And this uh, was actually Apple. And so uh, one of the things that Apple has is a directory, and they've had this since almost the very beginning when Adam Curry kind of gave them these, his uh, uh, directory that he had, which I think was called iPodder or something like that. Or, the, or his own podcast directory. And they became the default, the de facto, and what actually ended up happening was if something got delisted from the Apple podcast directory, it essentially got taken off of all of the apps as well because they all reference this one place. So we can see, okay, this actually isn't decentralized. Now, this is great if you, you trust Apple and they just have a kind of default motto of 
we'll we'll anything that we get in as long as it follows the uh, you know the kind of technical definitions of of an rss feed so it's not you know having random strings of characters it's not breaking things people aren't putting in massive or too big files or too little files or anything like that as long as as, a, as long as it follows like the technical rss specifications they they would publish it um now unfortunately this isn't the case and we kind of really saw this with the uh, alex jones deplatforming uh, which occurred not just on there, but across all social media, where it was like, oh, okay, these guys aren't the, you know, Switzerland of the the equivalent of the uh, financial Swiss of the world, but for podcasting, no, they 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 have their own agenda, and uh, if someone gets kicked off of from there, they're essentially uh, it it isn't decentralized. There is a very central entity in the middle of it. So that was that was one area where we see okay. As a private company, Apple is awesome, but you might not want to have it for the main index for people being able to find out, you know, where are all the podcasts in the world. So we can see, okay, decentralized, you know, podcasts are starting to move away from that. Let's go on to the second one, which was self-sovereignty. And this is where people are saying, you know, okay, I've got a YouTube podcast. Now, once again, uh, if people want to use podcast and as a synonym for show, and that's the kind of common lingo, I'm not going to fight that at all. But what I would just say is, okay, if you're if you're claiming that's a podcast uh, and your show gets you know once again kind of kicked off of YouTube, yeah, you you don't really have this self sovereign aspect, which is uh, the I basically being able to to own your own content. And if you go onto the YouTube terms of service. You'll see, no, they can do whatever the hell they want with it. If they want to modify it, if they want to alter it, if they want to put ads in front of it or not put ads in front of it, uh, if they deem that it is hurting the YouTube platform, hurting their um, listeners, the people who are paying YouTube premium or anything like that, they will get rid of it. That's it. It's all it's all in there. It's all it's all up to them. So once again, if you're calling a YouTube podcast a podcast, it's it doesn't satisfy this self-sovereign aspect because you can't host those video files yourself and then YouTube will show them. No, you have to host it on YouTube. So once again, yeah, people use the word podcast for, for a show that's on YouTube. It's it's very much trending away from the original intent of, of what a podcast was. Uh, let's go on to permissionless. Anyone can get in from basically any access. There is no guardian. There is no one saying, oh, "Okay, this is how this is how it's done. It has to be done this way, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And this is where we look at Spotify and see they were doing some uh, things like turning off the RSS feed. So if you hosted a show on Anchor, which is a subsidiary of theirs. Okay, no, this is not now a podcast because it's not going out to the wider ecosystem. It is only within the walled garden of Spotify, the very opposite of permissionless. And uh, so they were doing this with exclusive only shows. And you could kind of see that through their business model, they needed to become the one and only place you could find podcasts, much like YouTube is the one and only place where you can find videos. The reason this occurred for YouTube was pretty much just the bandwidth costs of and storage and hosting of videos that is extremely expensive. Thankfully, with audio, that is not as necessary. And so 
uh, we can see that you know that strategy hasn't particularly worked out well for them. The last one where I would say that podcasting and the trends of the the last couple of years uh, trending away from this open aspect into a more closed version of podcasting was advertising, and this was this real fascination with DAI, dynamic ad insertion. And once again, you could kind of see the value transfer. I, I don't think was a value to the show. And this was just because, you know, dynamic ads, you could say maybe a host read is adding to the the product to the show. Um, you could say maybe a sponsorship, but dynamic ad insertion is, and this is where basically you're listening to a podcast and then bam, an ad is shoved in right in the middle. It can be done with kind of a little bit of grace if the, the hosts know about this prehand. And so they have like a marker at, okay, at five minutes, 20, I took a, a break or I, I was going from one paragraph or one topic to the next, you know, that's an acceptable place to put an ad in and they can, you know, their hosting service might allow that. But once again, the, the ad insertion is, is always a little bit gross because it, it, it just has no real connection to the, the podcast itself. And the reason why this is very popular is because you can change out these ads and so you can have an ad running for uh you know for on a podcast episode from five years ago that's still getting a lot of downloads maybe that company went out of business and they're not paying you anymore maybe uh, that product doesn't exist anymore and so you can just simply switch out that ad and with another ad bam you know now you can get get more money 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 uh and this is how a a, a host, uh, a the, the podcast creator, and the ad companies can can all kind of uh, you know basically put more put more ads into you, into your shows, which once again I think is taking away from the value transfer. I think that is not an addition to the the transfer of value to the the audience to the listeners. It's kind of taking away from that. And so those have been four of the biggest trends of, of podcasting in the recent years. And I, and I think that is moving away from this uh, idea, this definition that we had at the start, which was, uh, well, one, the technical definition, it was, it was moving away from that, most certainly. Most uh, of these things are not now, uh, uh, you know, an audio file, okay? A, a, pod, a YouTube podcast isn't an audio file. It's a not with uh, digital rights management. It's not available to download and it's not distributed via an RSS feed. We can see, okay, a lot of these things are, are not fulfilling the technical answer, nor are they filling, I think, the the spirit of how podcasting was created, which was with this decentralized nature, with this permissionless um, aspect, with being able to be self-sovereign of your own content and to provide a value transfer to your audience. Those were my own definitions that I came up with there, but I think those uh, are what the, the, the spirit was right at the beginning of podcasting. This was what it was all about. So this is just a, an episode to, to talk about what is a podcast and we can kind of see the, it's, it's become a lot looser over the years and the, a lot of what people are claiming to be a, to have a podcast now, I don't think fulfills either the technical definition of it or if you're moving away from that to the, the spirit of the word, uh, I think it's moving away from that, and um, which has been sad to see. 
Tune into the next episode to find out why this is not going to be a problem because podcasting 2.0 is coming along and helping to reclaim this ground and uh, make podcasting, uh, keep podcasting as awesome as it is and why these kind of closed models and trending away from openness is not actually going to um, work in the long term. So awesome. Let's um, jump now onto the Boostergram Lounge because I've got a couple of people I want to thank. Welcome to the Value for Value Boostergram Lounge. So coming in right at the top here, we have Macintosh. And so I should explain. Uh, A Boostergram is a message that you can send directly within your podcasting app. And that message will go to me. Now, typically this has a payment of money attached to it in the form of Bitcoin. Uh, because you can do this digitally. It makes so much more sense from anywhere in the world and it will reach me here in Australia. And you can send a message in, basically a comment on the show. You can have some advice. You can have uh, a, you know, just a simple thank you. A, a Any of these topic suggestions, all of these are, are welcome and uh, we see all of these uh, coming up in here. You can also do it on your desktop version. And if you go to mealmodelspodcast.com slash support, I've got a little bit of an explainer there um, showing you how you can do that. So if you don't want to change your actual podcasting app, you can uh, do it via there. So right at the top, we have Macintosh and he says, interesting, your properties have direct correlation with Bitcoin, just saying. And then he's got the uh, emoji with the little sweat icon and smiling. Great work as always, Macintosh from the Generation Bitcoin podcast. He sent in his favorite 2100 sats sent using Fountain. And yeah, look, I <laughs> I think I mentioned it in the last episode, Macintosh, but I was slightly altering things to fit in these four properties. You know, it didn't, hundred <laughs> uh, percent fit in nicely. I had to kind of, you know, shave off the corners of a couple of things and, and squeeze it in. But I, I think the, look, the reason that, uh, that these properties are important is because they are the trends of some of the, I, I think they are the, the, fi- the foundation points of three of the biggest trends that I see coming in these, these next years. This is, you know, po- podcasting and the open access and accessible nature of it, of Bitcoin, of being able to use that in any country, anywhere in the world with no government telling you what you can or can't do with your own money. And then also with the value for value model, which is being able to, I, I believe is the most ethical way of, of living in the world and, and earning um, a money. And I'll, I'll talk about this right at the end when I'm kind of doing my value for value pitch. We also have a message here from Cole McCormick one and he says, having the audience fully fund the next episode's release sounds like a potential pitfall. The audience should not worry about reaching a threshold. Uh, 2,222, quack, 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 a row of ducks sent using fountain. Uh, yeah, look, Cole, this was a, a good point. As I was saying this, I was kind of excited because I'm like, I really like Chris Fisher. I like his shows. And I was like, oh, this is really interesting. I want to I see how this goes. And I will kind of keep us updated on how it does go. But the more I reflected upon it, the more I went, you know, how is this that much different from the uh, Patreon model where you have a paywall? Yeah, it's, it's kind of different because there's no explicit, you can still choose the amount that you want to, to send into the show. But I think it, it is like we're seeing with the, perhaps the podcasting, it is maybe trending away from the pure spirit of what value for value is, which is 
Uh, I provide value upfront and then you send me back what, what you want. And I think this is maybe kind of, you know, it's altering it because now it's saying, you know, I'll provide you the value upfront after you've, <laughs> after you've sent me in a certain amount, which is obviously not providing value upfront. So yeah, it, it is kind of an inversion, I think of the, the fundamental aspect of value for value, which is I do it upfront without expectations. So, um, look, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it and I'll, I'll let you know, but yes, I, I agree. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, mm, maybe that's not a hundred percent value for value. So, uh, thank you very much for sending that in. And he says, uh, uh, but then there is a blurry line between goals and community. I just don't want to bother people with my bills. It's up to me to make it happen. And then he sends in a satchel of riches, 1,111 using fountain once again. And yeah, that's, that's the other point. Uh, I've been discussing recently on the, uh, on my kind of main podcast, the mere models with, uh, my co-host Juan, and he is always, he's always been a much more ambitious person than I am. He's got big goals, big plans. He wants to do these things. Uh, he's very excited. He's always got business ideas going on. Whereas I'm the more kind of slow and steady and uh, not wanting to get myself mixed up in things or make promises I can't deliver upon. And he was saying, you know, oh, what we could do is maybe, uh, you know, much like the Chris Fisher is doing, we could have a, a, a fund. And so if, if we get enough in for a certain amount, that will be able to fund us to go overseas and to do these interviews and things like this. And just my initial reaction was like, no, I don't want any part of that. I don't want to make promises. I would feel so uncomfortable sitting on, a, you know, any amount of money which people have sent in to me and which would have no guarantees of whether I would do what I would say I was going to do. For me, I think the the best way to avoid scamming, avoid any conflicts of interest, avoid anything that could be misconstrued as the value for value. I do it up front and it's just there and it's out there. And then I just get back whatever people want to send me. I think that's the way to go. Once again, hold on for, uh, uh, until the end of the episodes where you'll, you'll hear my, um, my real kind of spiel on, on this and my real kind of conviction. We have, Peter, coming in at here, have you considered joining the crazies on the No Agenda stream? I think MMO, so I believe that's Millennial Media Offensive, does Tuesdays live at 6.30 p.m. Eastern for two and a half hours, and Bowl After Bowl is on at 10 p.m. Eastern. Might be tight, 1,111 cent using Fountain. Uh, two, two things with this. One, I believe that it is really tight, and there is even another show in between those two, so... I don't think I'd be able to, to squeeze in there on that. The second and more important one is, is, is kind of anyone allowed on there? I don't really know the, uh, I know the no agenda, the no agenda community is very strong and they have this, this live stream set up. And I can't imagine the more shows that they have on there, the better, because then you just don't have this kind of not dead air time, but just replaying of, of old content where, whereas people, the, you know, the point of having a, a live stream is to have live, <laughs> live shows on there. Um, but you know, I, I don't tune into no agenda that often. It's maybe like once every three months or something. And it's always kind of for research purposes. It is like anyone allowed to go in there. Is there, is there any kind of, uh, I, I, I just don't want to step on any toes or to be, um, accidentally, uh, 
saying or, or, or not fitting into the spirit of what that community is. So, um, because I'm not deeply involved in it. So yeah, if you could send me a boost in or, or, or let me know via other means, um, what, what is, and what is not acceptable <laughs> to, um, to have on that stream, but yeah, hell yeah. I'd, I'd love to do that because at the moment mine's just going on to the, uh, blueberry one, which I'm very appreciative of. And I believe they just have on their, um, episodes of the, um, podcasting 2.0, and the Geek News Central uh, podcast just playing on there. So yeah, maybe maybe that's um, a good idea. I'm, I'm going to reach out to some people and uh, do that. So thank you. Thank you, um, Peter. And he sent in a, a satchel of Richards as well. And then we have uh, Gene Bean coming in here right just before the, um, the podcast went live. And he says, uh, plus one to a show full of uh, cops of pitches. And I, I mean, I assume he wants to say lots of pitches. And that is 5,000 sats sent using Castomatic. Uh, great. First of all, thank you for that, uh, Gene Bean. And that is, I suppose, the, the baller booster of this episode. Very much appreciated. And doing it on Castomatic as well. I really love to see that. Uh, yes. Okay. That seems to be a very common theme that people want to hear. So I am going to start accumulating value for value pitches. I'll start creating clips and but I'll, I'll perhaps make that the end of this season Um much like I did for the end of season two, where I had, you know, this huge split set up of 23 different, um, 23 different splits, all of which were going to people who I'd, I'd uh, created clips of in those shows. Uh, so yeah, maybe I'll, I'll, I will, I will do something like that. So I'll, I'll start uh, accumulating that from, from now on. So yes, thank you very much for, for everyone who, um, sent in a boostergram and, um, I really, Really do appreciate that. It helps to uh, fund all the audio um, hosting that I'm doing here to you know, give me a bit of compensation for my time. But the most important thing is to <clears throat> give me ideas, to give me uh, you know, a couple of excellent things from there. One, okay, I should do you this show full of pitches and you know, that's, that's given me a, a full new episode which I wouldn't have thought of before. It's given me some ideas on uh, live streams and how I can uh, reach out to different communities and perhaps join into different communities. It's given me ideas of making sure that I'm not mm, talking about things which aren't exactly value for value and or which perhaps are, are trending away from it. And and it's a good recommendation for, for keeping me to do that. And the you know one of the most important ones is just giving me encouragement. Lets me know that those numbers that I see on my dashboard for, for stats, which I actually don't look at, <laughs> I only saw them accidentally the other day, that it, it gives me encouragement. Okay, there's there's actually people listening in and they actually care. So um, that's very, very much appreciated. Thank you everyone for, for contributing to the Value for Value podcast. I'm gonna talk about some tips here and uh, I want to just take, um, the, a tip that I've learned recently is taking some extra time to reach out like I did with Cole um, McCormick for episode 400. So the what, what we do at the Mere Models is we have a kind of little gamification system in, and this is very much part of the, the value for value. So uh, there's no, um, I, I guess once again, you could say this is uh, a, no, 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 I, I think this is different because I, I'm still providing the up, up upfront value, which is the digital content I'm putting out, i.e. the podcast. And I'm just asking you to contribute. What I am saying is if you reach a uh, hundred thousand sats, so about $45 Australian of, of donations of support, 
we send out a, a shirt to you. And so this we accumulate this across multiple shows, this being on the mere models, the book reviews, this one, uh, and potentially any others that we start in the future. And uh, I, I said re this recently on the episode 400, which I had of the mere models was I was going to do just kind of an update because m many of the people who were contributing here, Cole, Macintosh, and Gene Bean, they're, they're starting to actually kind of reach high up on the um, on the the levels of of uh, of getting to that kind of hundred thousand limit, and uh, I know that two of them actually have now broken that limit. Cole, because he sent in a massive baller boost of fifty thousand uh, the other day, and uh, Macintosh, I just believe with these last couple of ones, has has reached that level as well. And so I'll I'll be sending out a you know special edition mere model shirt out to them. And the learning for, for me from this was sometimes with the value for value, it can feel, especially when you're starting, it feels like you're, be, you're, you're begging or, or you're pleading or you're being intrusive or you're being weird or you're being annoying when you're reaching out and asking people for help. And, uh, you know, I don't know what this is, Pat. This is just a societal thing of, of growing up at least here in Australia, but I, I believe it's the same uh, in many of the Western countries and, and probably um, many places in the world where you, you don't want to feel like you're intruding in upon other people. And I don't think it's necessarily a, a pride thing. For me, at least, it, it feels like it's more of a, uh, I, I just don't want to be a drain. I don't want to be a detriment to other people. And this is one where I, I did take some extra time to to reach out and I said to to Cole and to Macintosh and Gene Bean, hey, if you check out episode 400, uh, then you'll you'll know kind of roughly where you are on the on the leaderboard and um and just like it's that that, that little bit of incentive. Like if you want to send in a bigger one to to reach uh, up to a shirt, you know, this is this is how much you have to go. And uh I think, and um, and look, I could have done that in better ways. I could have made it more explicit, but I, I did do it in, in my own kind of ways. And it did have results. You know, Cole sent in a massive one because he was like, yes, damn it, I want that T-shirt. All right, here you go. Here's 50,000 sats to make sure I get there. And I, I just think this is a really important tip for people. And this is not related to money-wise. This is, can be related to anything. If you're having a problem, if you're struggling with something, reaching out and just asking a simple question and obviously don't be rude about it. But if, if there is something, I think it's better to take some action and just to go, I'm just going to try this out here. Let me, let me send out a message to uh, this person or this person. And I think there is a lot of value that can be gained just in the ask and just of, just of reaching out of just trying something. And it isn't intrusive, nor begging, nor pleading, nor weird, nor annoying in the vast bulk and if you do if you do hit that limit then you can know okay i am being one of those things maybe i won't do it by sending eight messages off to someone in four days you know that that is maybe being a bit much so just a little tip there i think for the value for value being being active and and realizing that in the vast bulk of cases you aren't doing it uh, another example, I was trying to improve the uh, live experience here. And so um, I was uh, just checking out all of these apps. And as I'm doing it right now, uh, I was sending out some messages to John Spurlock, who's got this boost bot, 
and he was saying um, maybe the pod ping is getting delayed somewhere in Dave's rider. Uh, in any case, still since it still hasn't been written to Hive, no app will pick it up unless they manually re refresh the feed for another reason. Um, feels looks good, by the way. Kudos to Todd at Blueberry. So there's something going on in the background, which is is some of the some things are breaking in the background of the system, which allows me to go live. Now, look, I'm just a an uneducated pleb. I have no coding skills. Um, technology, I struck with the the reluctant geek is uh, is the nickname I've kind of coined my, for myself. Um, but I was reaching out to all these people and saying like, "Hey, your app's not doing this. Hey, I think this is happening." And it kind of felt I, I didn't want to be intrusive on people, but the the responses I was getting was like, "Oh, thank you. I didn't even realize this was happening. You know, let me know next time." And so. That that was once again just that that tip, which is just reach out to people if you're having a problem, or if you think that something is wrong, or you can help out in some way by providing feedback. Um, I think do it. Just 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 switch off that part of your brain which is feeling like you might be weird or you're annoying. Just just do it. You know, follow the Nike um, the slogan that they have there. Uh, another thing I wanted to highlight here and um this is the kind of app highlight which i uh, section which i've talked about before um i'm going to change this to the app slash service highlight because there's a lot of cool things going on and services which you can get uh which will help you out in your value for value journey and one which has been with me right from the very beginning is a service called satoshis.stream and they're, they're pretty damn amazing and one of the things that they do and the service that they provide is being able to filter out the messages that people are getting in um, and sending into your show in a non-technical way. Like I just mentioned, I'm not technically savvy. I, I, I hate dealing with tech problems. I hate software. I hate when my computer hardware blows up and I have to try and fix it. it it's all painful to me and, and not enjoyable. I don't like that problem solving. And one of the great things about the service is uh, you can get the messages from Boostergram, so these messages that people are, are sending in of, of support, and you can get it in a really accessible way, which you're probably already using. Or if not, it's it's so, so simple to uh, connect with Discord or to connect with Telegram. And so that's what they do. They, they have this thing where basically you have to uh, get a you have to own your own feed obviously and and have access to that and basically they'll say like look uh, we just need you to prove that you own your feed by putting in this this um, this code into one of the episodes once you've done that it's like okay what we will now do is any messages that you have uh, received as a boostergram we will have this option for you to connect it with your discord so it'll pop up automatically on on a channel in your discord or on to a Telegram channel that you have with them called the Satoshi Stream Bot. And you can see all these messages, ding, 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 ding. As I was reading this out, I was reading all of these from the Discord, which I've got set up. And this is just amazing because I don't have to know anything about the Lightning Network or Bitcoin to make this happen. I just have to be able to do some relatively simple copying and pasting and following of instructions. So I will just say, if you're starting out and you really, you're, you know, you're excited about the Boostergram messages, but you're you're kind of put off by the Bitcoin aspect, by the Lightning Network aspect, I would just recommend checking out Satoshi's.stream. You can find them on 
the podcast index Mastodon at satoshis.stream. If you go to podcasterwallet.com, there is a link there which will show you how to um, use satoshis.stream as well. Uh, I use them for all of my shows. I am not paid from them. In fact, I am paying for them <laughs> because they take a 4% split of whatever amount that I um, set up to them, which at the moment is 10%. I should probably make it higher, to be honest, because the, the service really is really um, great. And honestly, I wouldn't have got this far in the value for value of being able to support myself monetarily um, through through these means um, without them. So just a, a strong recommendation for them. And yeah, once again, this is not a an ad nor a sponsorship because I am paying for them. <laughs> so this is going to get me onto my final value for value section. So I want to send, I was mentioning Adam Curry before right at the beginning. So for this week, uh, 15% of the show of for this episode is going to Adam Curry as once again, a, a thank you for, for creating all of this kind of to begin with or, or being very instrumental in the creating of, of this accessible open nature, this digital medium, uh, which I use almost, well, I use every single day. And if you were hearing just before, um, it was on the Boostergram Lounge, he, he helped create the jingle for that. That is Adam Curry, um, uh, you know, in that introduction section there. So th this is just a 15% to, to thank him for, for helping out. And the, the, my last little value for value pitch here is, <laughs> I want to reiterate just how important I think this is. I am, my conviction level of this is so high. It's probably higher on anything than I've ever felt before. When I first found value for value and this model and what it would mean, it, it kept me sleepless and it still does. But funnily enough, the nights where I get, you know, interrupted sleeps are the nights before a value for value episode. So last night I was kind of tossing and turning because I was like, what exactly do I want to talk about today? How am I going to structure it? How can I reiterate just how important I think this is and why I think this is going to change so much, so, so much. Just the whole, the whole, the only way I want to earn a living in the future is, is through a contribution where people feel good about it. I, d I don't want them to, to feel like it's a, they, they have to, like there's a bit of like pain when they're, when they're sending um, some, some money or value to me in, in general, I, I want them to, to feel good about it. And the only way I can see doing this is through the value for value model. Once again, the simplicity is I provide it upfront and you don't have to do anything. If you don't want to, if you don't get value from it, or if the value threshold is not enough for you to take action, that is completely understandable, reasonable, and uh, encourageable. I, I, I don't think everything that everyone does in the world should have be, be paid for their actions. No, they, they should be, uh, or, or receive value for their actions. No, I think there's plenty of things where once again, one man's trash is another man's treasure. Things that I might be doing, which I think are valuable, you could find actually a detriment. You would, you would pay not to see it. <laughs> and so, this is where I, I think the value for value model is so important and why it's the only way that I want to do this in the future. And, and once again, my conviction level is, is so, so high on this. It's because it makes the world a better place, ultimately. 
And that that's kind of like one of my guiding principles in life. Um, you know, what if I'm thinking of doing things, do I think this is going to make it, it better for for everyone? Or it's kind of that North Star, will this help me? Will it help other people? And I, I think it does. I think this is one of the only things where I, I'm, I'm truly, truly convinced that there's, there's no downsides for me following the value for value model. Um, or if they are, they're, they're downsides that I can tolerate. I can t- tolerate the fluctuations of, of not knowing how much I'm going to receive for an episode. And once again, uh, it, it, it doesn't focus just on the money. It's on the value. It's these messages that I'm getting in are so much more valuable than the amounts that those, that money sums up to in total. Now, look, in the total, yes, it will help very much and help cover costs and ultimately allow me to, to live. But that's all I want to do. I, I want to just live from this. I don't want to become a billionaire. I don't want to become a millionaire from this. I, I just want enough to be able to to essentially keep doing what I'm doing now. So, yeah, just reiterating, you know, my conviction level is so high on this. And this is why on this show, there's never going to be, and on across any of my shows, you will never hear an advertiser nor a sponsor. And I will try and be as 100% transparent with all of this as possible. I will go out of my way to read out basically every message to 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 show like this is this is what I'm all about. This is this is legit. This is going to change the world, and I I think this is the way forward for for basically all not all digital content but for a lot of it there is a, a huge room for why this makes sense in music in text in audio in anything did in art in anything that is digital photography I, I, yeah i think it's going to change the world so yes <laughs> uh, thank you everyone for for tuning into the the value for value show for episode 41 here uh, I'm going to leave it at there for the next episode coming up. I will be, uh, you might've got a little bit depressed about, oh no, you know, podcasting is becoming closed. It's, it's losing all of these awesome things which made it awesome, but f- worry not, fear not, because uh, we'll be diving into what podcasting 2.0 is and why this is actually, uh, I, I don't want to say reclaiming. It's just keeping what podcasting is all about and what made it awesome in the first place. So, uh, yeah, be prepared for that. Tune in next week live at uh, UTC uh, midnight or UTC plus 10 for the Australian Eastern Standard Time. Uh, And uh, on, oh, well, sorry, I should make that clear. 8 a.m., sorry, 10 a.m. UTC plus 10. So 10 a.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time which is UTC midnight on that border between the Tuesday and the Wednesday. So uh, thank you everyone for for tuning in and um, until the next time, ciao for now, Kyron out.